0: Good morning, everybody. Several years ago, uh, I was in the lobby at our other building, and uh, Fred and Carol Donaldson came walking in. And uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, he's a big shot in Foursquare. They have been pastors for years. And uh, my first question was I didn't notice who they walked in with, but I said, What are you doing here? And so he said, well, I came with my granddaughter, which was Lindsay Darby, And I said, I did not know that. Then it dawned on me who was with them. And then I, um, I don't want to say my first thought, but maybe my second thought is, are you a spy? Yeah. Did Foursquare send you here to check up on me? And then when I realized uh, they were... With family and friends and all that kind of stuff. I always called him Foursquare Royalty. He has since gone to be with the Lord. Carol, we are glad you're here. And so we have more Royalty, Foursquare Royalty here this morning. They usually go to our East Mesa campus. So Jim and Betsy Hayford are here. And uh, and so, Betsy, if you'd like, we call you Queen Betsy Royalty. I mean, you know what I'm saying. Anyway, no, not really. Glad you guys are here. But I'm really glad you're here. And I'm glad you tuned in online. You came the perfect day because we are going to solve every problem you've ever had. (laughs) And then I go back to my little cave and I wonder what's going on in the world. But we're talking about, it's all in your head. I'm doing a series. This is the second week of that. And we're talking, it's all in your head. They used to say that and like it's all in your imagination it's a figment of your imagination ah come on man it's all in your head and i used to get all insulted and then you live a while and then you really do realize it is all in your head how many of you know the way people think uh gets them into all kinds of trouble keeps them from all kinds of possibilities and so today we're talking about to train your brain our thoughts and experiences hardwire your brain uh that our thoughts actually change the chemical makeup of our brain. I'm not a scientist, but Caroline Leaf is, and she has written some wonderful book about switch on your brain, but says the, the chemical makeup of our brain is changed uh, by the different kind of thoughts we think. She says it forges a pathway, a neural pathway, and how your brain kind of functions uh, and, uh, to create neural pathways. It's what you think, and it's always kind of how you think, because there's a neural pathway in your brain, and the chemicals that go into your brain is dopamine. A lot of us have heard about that kind of stuff, and that dopamine is that little that little shot of, good job, good job. That's why people go nuts over likes on Facebook, because it gives you a little shot of dopamine, and if you didn't get that like, then it. Uh, don't go off too far. But dopamine is God's natural high to keep you re- positively reinforced. But the other is cortisol. See, cortisol is that hormone in your body that, that uh, g- gives you a shot of get ready, fight or flight. It's the adrenaline that pumps a little bit and it gets you ready for those those kind of situations and everybody needs that and we need that, that shot sometimes to, to get us going, to get us ready. If we're gonna have to fight or flight or all that kind of stuff, wake up in the middle of the night and you hear this noise and you think it's a burglar and then once you go well awake you realize it's the cat again anyway and so but it's that it's that part but of course how it goes too often it always is with you and you are heightened alert all the time So if you got too much cortisol in your brain and you're driving down the road and somebody maybe cuts you off, you just go out of your mind because you're already at 210 degrees and a little extra just sends you over. And so it's good to bring that cortisol level down to where it needs to be so when you need a shot of adrenaline, you've got it and when you don't you, you you don't live with it. And so my thing is if you believe a lie long enough. And I know all kinds of people that believe lies. Matter of, and the reason I know that is I used to believe a lot of things that weren't true. And who thinks you still might? Who thinks you might believe some things that simply are not true? Uh, you wouldn't. It's the service last night. Oh my word. They needed this help so bad. But you believe things that weren't true. But if you live, if you believe a lie long enough, it becomes your reality and you act as if it were true. I know people who believe all kinds of things about you can't trust people and negative things about that. And I tell you, their life is filled with that kind of stuff. And, um, and so irrational thinking is often caused when our brain has crossed wires. Now, I I put that in there because when I was young, who ever installed your own car stereo in your car? Nobody? You young guys, you just have people do it for you. Back in the day, who remembers 8-track stereos? Ah, that's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let me just up up you one. Who remembers 4-track stereos? You're lying. You don't... Yeah, no, I did. I, I started out with a four track stereo and then made the big jump to eight track. And then when I got a cassette player, oh my word, it was the big. Anyway, and so what you'd do as kids, we'd put these things in ourselves and drill holes in the side of your car door and put those speakers in. And then you would run tape. And by the time you were done, it was a mess. And I had a buddy one time, and he put his own stereo in, and, but it was working at night, so we had to turn on the lights so we could see. And what you were supposed to do is disconnect the cigarette lighter, which none of us ever use. cigarette lighter, no, 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 Uh, disconnect the cigarette lighter, and then you you would get your hot wire off that. And this guy uh, just did what he thought he was supposed to do and played a stereo, got it going, he had an Alpine system, played really good, and so he's all happy, and then gets in his car the next morning for school, and it wouldn't start. I mean, the stereo wouldn't work. And he says, what's wrong with this thing? And he did that time because he had to get to school, but that night he was coming, he went someplace, coming back, turned on his headlights, and the stereo came on. <laughs> and he thought, it's a miracle. Until the next morning when he's going to school again and his stereo wouldn't work. But buddy wasn't the sharpest in the bunch, but it took him a while to realize he had hot wired the stereo to his lights. Nice. So, do you know what he did? He just drove with his lights on for the next two years. Because even though I'm about to rewire that, that takes so much work. Just turn your lights on. And so anyway, so wires get crossed. And I'm convinced that wires get crossed in how we think. I think some of us live with cr- crossed wires. We, there's a mental train in our brain that doesn't work. But the good news is, the good news is, is the brain is an incredible uh, organ. And it can be rewired it's not. It's not all lost. It can be rewired. And matter of fact, the scriptures talk to us about this. Uh, Paul says it in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. He says, "Don't conform to this pattern of the world, but be transformed." How are we changed by the renewing of your mind? I tell you, the renewal comes when you quit believing some of the lies that you maybe were taught by good honest people. I mean, these people weren't evil and weren't out to, to sabotage you. By good honest people, Paul says how we're really changed. Is by the renewing of our mind. The scriptures aren't given just to comfort us and just to help us and just to make us feel better about ourselves. The scriptures come to transform. That's why we use the scriptures in church because they are absolutely transformative. Um, And and so what goes on in your mind comes out in your life. And I want to talk about thinking about what we think about. Every thought matters because your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Do you know that? If you're a negative type person, but your, your life's moving that way, your life always moves in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And sometimes you say, well, I can't help it. I can't, I can't control what I think. Or well, you know, and maybe you can. Maybe you can rewire your brain so it goes to the positive side of life. So it goes to the possibilities. Sometimes people look at it and say, "I could never do that. That'll never work. It'll never happen." And somebody else comes along and makes it happen. And you think, "Wow, they got superpowers!" No, they think differently. They think differently. They think in terms of instead of obstacles being roadblocks, there are things to hurdle, get over, get around, go up over. However, you get take care of obstacles. But the can-do type of mindset can absolutely change your life. But your life moves in the strongest direction of uh, moves in the direction of your strongest thoughts. You can't have a positive life with a negative mind. Now I know people who are negative-minded like to consider themselves a realist. I tell you what, I'm 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 a realist. Well, no, you're not. You're just negative. Sorry, and and your wife paid me to say that, so I uh, gave a little extra. So, <laughs> This is about forging a new channel, forging, uh, uh, to you can create, see guys, I think you can create a new default system. I think negativity can be just a default system. You go there because you, that's the way it's always been, and that neural pathway, it's a ditch well dug, it's a, it's a form that's there, and every time a thought comes, man, it goes to that ditch, and it, and it, and it gets you nowhere. But I think new neural pathways can be created. Science believes they can, much less with the help of Scripture. Uh, It takes takes intentionality. It takes truth for God's power and truth to create pathways of God's blessing to your life. See, I believe God wants to send blessing to you. And it comes down the channel. And if there's no place for that to, to land, if all that's blocked up, then God's goodness and how wonderful he can really be and how wonderful life can be well, I know the things are terrible today. I know they are. I, I understand that whole scenario. I really do. But God wants to pour blessings to you. And then if you can get that, that channel unblocked, not only blessings to you, but through you. See, Jesus wants to bless the world through us. God wants to bless the world. Like, like Pastor Those that come to church. No, no, no. God wants to bless the whole world through his people. We're not here to fight them. We are here to love them. Well, you're not going to get me to love them. You know, maybe God could change your mind about that. I'm not saying he would, but just maybe. (laughs) Uh, Life's battles are won or lost in the mind. We said it last week. Henry Ford said, whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're both right. Can't be done. You know, you're absolutely right. It can be done. You know, you're absolutely right. And I've lived long enough to see God do incredible things for people, to change a whole mindset, to change the direction of their life. And it it happens. The more you think a train of thought. See, I'm not just talking about a thought. The more you think a train of thought, the easier it is to think that train of thought of, of Again. Because it's got a, a pathway in your brain. It's just got a, a little neuron uh, tr- pathway in your brain. You uh, train of thought, it's easier to do it again. And the good news is, if your train of thought is a good thing, uh, you're on the right track. And if it's not, then God can rewire uh, your brain, and, and you don't have to believe the lie. So what do you do about it? Now, I read this scripture last week. I want to read it again. 2 Corinthians 10.3 says, Though we live in the world, Paul's talking to these people. He says we're not sticking our heads in the sand and we're not just looking to get out of here. He says, though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. Outside of God, the weapons we fight with, change the laws and get the laws squared around so it can, it can be what it's supposed to be. And all kinds of people get all wrapped up over the laws. And, and Paul says, you know, those aren't our weapons. We don't need a majority vote for God to do what he wants to do. Hello? Do I like majority votes when it goes my way? You betcha I do. I don't like majority votes when it goes my way. Those aren't the weapons I'm kind of depending on. If Congress would just pass the right laws, then the kingdom of God could be established. Do you believe that? Rehihili? Sorry. He says, no, no, on the contrary. Our weapons have divine power to demolish strongholds. And again, as we talked last week, strongholds are those those fortifications, fortresses in your mind that you defend at any cost because it's what you've always believed. It's what you know because, after all, my grandmama said. And if grandmama said it, it's got to be true. He said they can demolish that kind of stronghold of lies that simply are not true. Maybe things you've always been taught about those kinds of people, about the thems, about the world, about all that kind of stuff. See, those can be strongholds that keep you from making good progress in your life, much less in Jesus. He says, uh, divine power to demolish that kind of mindset. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God who we know God to be, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Every thought, obedient to Christ. If you don't control your mind, you'll never control your behavior. That's the purpose of this series, is to help us think right, to train our brain, at least that's what I'm talking about today, and to discover some tools and use them to train your brain to think about what you think about Train your brain. I went and saw my son, we went and saw my son, um, Jeff in Pendleton, and they have a a new dog, a new dog within uh, six to eight months, and they got a little uh, black lab. It was the cutest thing I saw pictures of when it was little and cute, and all that kind of stuff. It's about eight months old now, and so we go and see. Him. And that dog has not dawned on him that he's a big dog now. He thinks he's a puppy, and so he'll climb right up you and try to be a lap dog. And he's just way too big to hold. And so they all think it's cute when he climbs all over Grandpa. And I thought, well, isn't that cute? The kids are watching. I'm going to pretend this is a lot of fun. But how many know? And so they are training their dog. <laughs> Sorry, Jeff, if you caught this. <laughs> They are training their dog, and, and, and they have, it's, it's not a, a shark, it's, it's easy, it's a shock collar. Who's ever heard of a shock collar? Now, theirs is very light, and they would never shock him too much. Maybe not enough, but maybe never too much. And so when the dog gets too rowdy, they can zap, and all of a sudden, that dog just calms right down. And so I don't think you need a shot collar, but perhaps when you get all revved up, a little shock collar wouldn't hurt you. So we're talking about, you know, you train your dog, you, you physical training, you train your body. So body physical training is not just what you do, which is exercise, but what is the other thing that the doctor always says? You need exercise and diet. Diet and exercise. And diet and exercise has helped me a lot Because I realized if I have a cookie, it takes me 20 minutes on the treadmill to work that cookie off. And I'm telling you, that cookie doesn't taste that good for 20 minutes on the treadmill. (laughs) It has somehow motivated me to stay away from that cookie. And uh, not altogether, but uh, the the, the truth is, meditation. I want to talk about that. Meditation is often given to empty your mind. But today I want to talk about filling your mind. See, I think each one has a place. I know sometimes I get lots of things going on, I don't call it medica- med- medication. Meditation, I call it mindfulness. Sometimes I get too many fires th- going on in my head. I have to just stop and say, "Whoa, whoa, 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 Delmer." Settle down. We're not going to deal with this. We're not going to deal with this. We're not going to deal with this. And I have to slow it down because if I don't, I'll have too much going on. So I'm not against meditation at all. But it's not what you put out of your brain. It's what you put into your brain. Now, the word meditation really means like like it's self-talk. It's muttering, not in a negative way, but it's what you say to yourself. What do you say to yourself? When nobody's listening, you're not even speaking it out loud. It's self-talk. Another one is is a, ch- a cow chewing its cud. I don't want to get all gross with this, but a cow will eat some grass and go into one stomach, comes back up, chews it a while, goes into another stomach, and finally goes in, gets digested. And what chew it, uh, is an old expression, let's chew on this a while. It means think about this a while. And what meditation is, is not a fleeting thought, but what you start to focus on and what you start to think about it's self-talk what you talk to yourself about about so paul writes about this and he writes about it in philippians chapter 4 and we'll get to that in a second but paul was was out serving jesus and, and building churches and winning the lost and all those kinds of things and he finds himself in prison and you really don't know he's under house arrest you really don't know if he was he didn't know if he was going to get arrested Uh, executed I mean, he did in another time, this particular time he gets out but he doesn't know what's ahead and he doesn't say, of all the things that God could have done, God God let me down. I tell you what, you can't ever trust God because after all, here I am in this Roman prison and it's not good and where was God when you really need him? I just quit and cried to himself. He didn't say that. What he did say at the end of his letter Philippians chapter 4 Verse eight, Paul says, "Dear brothers and sisters," and I forgive me, I got a different translation because I found a better one than the one you got. It says the same thing, just the words' a little different. He says, "One final thing. He says, now "I've written you this letter, said all these things." Now one final thing, the other translation says, "And finally, fix your thoughts. Discipline your thoughts. Fix your thoughts." And he's writing this from a Roman prison. Fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable, and right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Things that are excellent and worthy of praise. He says meditate on these things. And the next verse says, and the God of peace will be with you. What a statement. He says, learn to train your mind. Learn to fix your thoughts on things that are true, that are honorable, that are right, that are pure, that are lovely. I know, all right, Pastor, you've got to deal with the reality, and I'll tell you what, and off, off to the races they go. And they get to say their spiel. And then wonder why their life is really in an upheaval. Paul says, you want the God of peace to be with you? Train where your brain's going to go. Train what you're going to think about. Things that are excellent, worthy of praise. Meditate on these things. I don't claim to be a great person, but I know that great people think differently than petty people do. I've known some great people. And they think differently than petty people do. Petty people are always worried about getting revenge. They're not going to talk to me that way. and Get them back and get them and get them and get them and get them. Uh, that's petty thoughts. That's petty thinking. And great thinkers, great people don't think that way. See, the truth of this, guys, our natural mind always drifts to the negative. To the worst case scenario. The old King James translation says, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be naturally minded, there's a there's a tendency just to go negative. Plant a garden, water it, and see which grows faster, the weeds or the flowers? The weeds are the vegetables. The weeds are the grass. Why? Because that's there, there's something that works like that. And in your life, you don't have to work It being negative, the natural mind goes there to worst-case scenario to believe the lies, really, that hell has been telling you for years. must be true. I keep thinking it. It doesn't mean that it's true, that you're never good enough. God's never going to use you. God could never help you. God could never provide for you because you didn't, and, and he'll list why he can't and go off with the list. You have no faith. Those guys have faith. You have none. Anybody ever hear any of that in your own head? You should be ashamed of yourself. Wow, just to think those kinds of thoughts. You're not even a Christian. Because if you're a Christian, Christians never have bad thoughts. What are you laughing at? I don't know, Pastor, I thought I was safe till I came here this morning. I, thank you for convincing me. <laughs> the whole thing God's done with you. See, and I, I'm saying meditate on the truth, and I'll get to that in a second. Focus and train your brain with the truth. And again, I'm not just talking about daily affirmations. Who remembers Saturday Night Live that I never watched existence one time? No, Saturday Night Live years ago with Al Franken, and he played the character of Stuart Smalley, and they did daily uh, affirmations. Anybody remember seeing that? years ago. And so uh, Al Franken, who actually became a senator and then was removed, but another story. Anyway, and so Al Franken had this funny part that he played, and he was Stuart Smalley, and he would sit in front of a mirror and do daily affirmations. They got Michael Jordan, the basketball player, not the other one. They got him to do it. They had all kinds of stars do it. And so Smalley would sit in front of that mirror and say, you know, uh, people, uh, people like me, and I'm good enough, and I'm strong enough, and they just took huge pot shots at that whole thing. And then at the end, he would say, and doggone it, people like me. He had this little sweater on, and he would do one of these. And it was a funny little sketch. And I'm not talking about daily affirmations. If you say nice things to yourself, that's fine. Go right ahead. It's good to have somebody say them to you. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about dealing in truth. Well, Pastor, what is it? I'm glad you asked. us right in your notes there. The truth is a person. It's not a concept or ideology is not a doctrine. It's not to find the truth of all the truth. And when Jesus is coming back for sure, no, 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 all all that may be interesting reading, but the truth of it is he is a person. See, Jesus said you're going to know the truth. All right, the right doctrine. No. And who makes you free? The truth does. I know all kinds of people that know the Bible relatively well. They're as bound as can be. Good church-going folks They believe all kinds of, of probably good things, but they're just as bound as can be, you got lots of friends and you still feel alone. You've got plenty of money and still you think you need more. As bound to that mindset as can be. And Jesus says, I want to make you free. That's what Paul was saying, and he says our weapons are not the weapons of this world. They're about a person. I believe in good doctrine for sure. I believe it. But the truth it I'm not following the good doctrine. I'm following a person. And Jesus is the one that's going to make you free. Not just the latest discovery. He is the truth. That was such a good point, I took a drink of water. (laughs) Let's go on. The Word of God is a person. It's not a book of stories. Pastor, what are you talking about? You don't believe in the Bible? Yes, I believe in the Bible. But there are people in Jesus' time that they had the Scriptures. Man, they knew them backwards and forwards, but they missed the person. They were so locked up in what they thought was the truth, and their little scriptures and all that kind of stuff, that they missed the person. See, I think the Word of God is what we call the Bible, but I think the Word of God is a person. His name is Jesus, and He is the one that will help you. Good to read your Bible. I'm not against any of that. I'll talk about that in a second, but Jesus is the Word of God. John, who was the oldest apostle to live, and he he was the youngest when they were following him, but he outlived them all. And when he's an old, old man, The disciples were all gone. The disciples that we knew were all gone, but his his friends got together and he said, John, you were there. You were there from the beginning. You got to write down what you know about this so it's not just folklore and, and you're going on and on. He said, you need to write it down so John does. And in the book of John, chapter one, verse one, he said, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. And the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And John says, then this word who was with God, who was God, became flesh and dwelt among us. And we behold his glory, his beauty. But this word, it's not a book, it's a person. It's Jesus himself. That wants to walk you through his book and teach you what you need to know. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And then this Word became flesh and dwelt among us. It was the same John that says, this, this Jesus that we knew is the exact representation of God himself. When you've seen the Father, you've seen the Son. When you've seen the Son, You've seen the Father. He said, I am the way to the Father. Paul said it a little differently in, 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 in uh, 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 um, not Corinthians, but in, oh, after Ephesians, Galatians, Ephesians. not Philippians, after Philippians. What is it? Colossians. I knew that. I just made sure you were reading your Bible like you should. Colossians. See, Colossians says, Paul says, don't don't get hung up on the shadow of all these things you do, all these things you believe, all these things you do. He says those are shadows of the reality, but the substance belongs to Christ. And all kinds of people follow all kinds of shadows and leave Jesus there and then wonder why they're not changed. Wonder why the the, the scriptures never change them. See, it says in in Hebrews 4.12, the word of God. Jesus himself is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword and is is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. There is no creature that is hidden from his sight. See, guys, we all have blind spots. We all have things we don't see. And Jesus wants to be that living, active, powerful. Not a sword with this hacking up, but the surgeon's scalpel, sharper than intuitive, surgeon's scalpel, scalpel to cut out those kinds of lies, cut out those kinds of fears that have you acting like you do, have you resisting all the changes coming down the pike. I'm not saying you embrace it, but, but it's here to stay. And we can react against it, or you can learn how to love through it. And Jesus says, I'll go into your life with a scalpel of a surgeon. And cut out those areas that you just don't see. Cut out those areas of blind spots. Cut out the systemic crossed wires that maybe you were taught from a child, this is the way it is. Maybe you were taught in Sunday school, this is the way it is. I'm astounded sometimes at the things we were taught by good, honest, loving people. They're not evil people. It's just the way they saw it a generation or two ago. And if you don't get out of that, I'm not talking uh, and, and love people in a different sort of way than just rejection. I tell you, if you don't want to go to hell, you'll come to church. Wow, that's attractive. We went through it. If your hair is too long, there's sin in your heart. You ever heard that song? Get a cut today and make a new start. <laughs> Never heard that one? You'll live a life of fear and dread with a tangled mess upon your head. If your hair's too long, there's sin in your heart. You, get, you try to get raised with that and stay in church and see how you live. <laughs> and then the terrible thing. We fought, we gave our lives for long hair, and now guys cut their hair short. What's the deal? I don't know. We, we, uh, but the things of sin and shame, people live with that, and they just believe because, because, because. Revelation 19 speaks of the conquering king. And dramatic Hebrew symbolism, he says, he is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the word of God. The Lamb of God has become the mighty lion of the tribe of Judah, and he has come to eradicate hell out of your life and to establish the kingdom of Jesus in your life. Not just when and then, someday, somehow, he's come to do that today and to help you. Thank you. So don't sow seeds of judgmentalism. Seeds of mercy. I can't, I hope this helps you. Luke 6.37 says, don't judge, and you will not be judged. Don't condemn, and you will not be condemned. I can't tell you how many, I just feel so judged. Like those people are judging me. And I'm not denying how you feel. That's, that's, those are real feelings. And I just feel condemned, Pastor, all the time. I cry, cry and pray, and I still feel condemned. And Jesus, I got a little answer for that. Uh, forgive, and you'll be forgiven. Give, and it'll be given to you. He's not talking about money, he's talking about mercy. He's talking about being uh, forgiving forgiveness. You ever feel like you need to be forgiven? I tell you, once you start forgiving other people, it's amazing how that comes right back to you. Maybe you feel judged because, no offense, you might be just a little judgmental yourself. Critical. Condemnatory. So Jesus says, here's the way to change that. Give, and it's given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. And then he goes on to say, for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So what lies do you believe? What wrong, wrong mindset is holding you hostage? See, I think we're going to think about identifying crossed wires. So what does Jesus have to say about that stronghold of misinformation? See, if I say, tell you something, and, you know, affirmative and positive and all that, you say, wow, pastor says this, and that, that makes me feel good. I, he, you know, you're a good person, or whatever I would say to you. And you could say, "Wow, that's that's good." And then two thoughts later is, "What does he know?" <laughs> you know, it's not what's said. It's who said it. It's not what's said, but who said it. I've known people. Who, yeah, uh, how did I tell the story? Anyway, this this uh, it really happened. A, a person. Uh, his friend wanted him to perform a wedding ceremony and he was not licensed did not have a license so he said delmer could I use your license and i said i really can't do that you know it's not like something you farm out the contractor's license and i said i really can't do that he said cuz my friend wants me to perform the ceremony but i i'm i'm not licensed i said no problem go on the internet and you can get a license for 25 bucks how I many know you on the internet you can get a phd for $50 See, you can call me Dr. Delmer because I got it right there, see? But it's not, but if I got a PhD from Stanford, maybe from Harvard, you say, whoa, because who gives it to you? Who gives it to you? Who said this about you? Jesus himself did. And that's why we're hanging on his truth. To train your brain is to, to focus is a skill. Jackie Chan, the great theologian, says your focus needs more focus. (laughs) Still wasn't good as Mr. Miyagi, but it'll have to do. So to create new neural pathways that are born out of God's word for you. First of all, there in your bulletin, think it. I don't think it just as a passing thought. This is not a race. You're not paid extra for getting done early. You don't get extra credit. Uh, Think about it. See, if I'm listening, a lot of us are auditory people, and I am an auditory person. Or when you read it, or when you hear it, and you feel like that may be Jesus talking to you, capture that thought. Meditate on it. Mull it over. In your mind. Self-talk. God is just you talking to me and, and you mull it over in your brain. If it's lovely, true, a good report of all you know, meet that criteria. Mull that stuff over in your brain. Think about it. And the second thing I do is write it out. I used to journal down on my computer. And I'm one of these old-fashioned guys that I like to type it and then print it when it's on paper to me it takes material form it's not just a thought in my head i have people that in our in our council meetings they take great notes and sometimes i look at the minutes and i said did i say that they said yeah you really did and i said well i don't want to say that again because it's amazing how different it looks on paper than it does in your mind Anybody ever signed a contract and when you looked at it, you think, oh, my word, I wasn't agreeing to that, but you really are, unless you're going to change it. So when you think God's talking to you and trying to change a neural pathway in your life, write it down, look at it, examine it, and then talk about it. Not worldwide, not to everybody, you see. But close confidence, because there is power in the spoken word. I know this has worked out so well with forgiveness. I've had people kind of do you wrong and all that kind of stuff. And so you think to yourself, I forgive them. But in in your mind, you hope they get blessed with a brick on the head. (laughs) I mean, you know what I'm talking about. You just, you you don't mean it. And I uh, had a guy say to me one time, he says, say you forgive them until you really mean it. And I thought, wow. So I kept saying, I forgive them, I forgive them. And again, this was not public stuff. I forgive them. And one day when I said that, I meant it. And I began to hope best for them. That they would be blessed in all that they could do. And all that kind of stuff. And really and truly, guys, I was free from that guy that kind of done me wrong. So you confess it. Until you believe it. Until you believe it. And I think it, because rewiring is a process. Maybe you tell people that God's on your side. And you don't even believe that. You think God's always against you. I would start saying, you know, God's on my side. Jesus is not going to leave me. He's not going to leave me when I do do wrong. He's not going to abandon me. Things that come right out of Jesus' words to you. John, come on up. We're going to wrap it up. Matter of fact, the word songs we sang this morning would be a good jumping off point. The words you stood right there, sat right there and sang There's nothing that our God can't do. (laughs) You ought to listen to what you're singing. (laughs) You ought to listen to what's being said. Because, I mean, hopefully you either sang it or said it or at least thought it because it's on the screen. There's nothing that our God can't do. You heal what's broken inside me. We we sang that this morning. I got a little cheat sheet because I get the songs before you do. And so these are the songs we sang this morning. Yes, I will. When I'm in the waiting, the same God who's never late. Do you believe that? Well, he's late all the... No, 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 I tell you, you, you said that earlier. I got you on it. It's the same God who never fails. The new song, Jireh, most of us didn't know that. I didn't know it until last night. It's, it's, Lord, you are enough. You are enough. I'm going through the storm, but I'm not going down. I am already loved. I am already chosen. Wouldn't be a bad song to believe, would it? Taken right out of the scriptures. And so as you're, you're, you're listening to this, singing this, or some worship thing you, you listen to, listen with an ear that maybe God's trying to tell you some truth, maybe not all of it you just tear your life up, but maybe just a nugget. I'm already chosen. I'm already loved. There's nothing I could do to be any more loved than I am right now. I am close to God. It doesn't feel like it, I know it doesn't, but I am close to God. It's helped me tremendously. Guys, I wanna help you to adjust feelings, and then they're all there, to the absolute truth of what Jesus says to all of us. And then the one you're getting ready to sing is there's another in the fire. When they cast the Hebrew children in the fire the king says, hey we threw three guys in there and now there's four and it looks like the son of God so somebody wrote a song and there's another one in the fire when you go through it and we all do and it's as hot as can be and you don't know if you're going to make it to understand there's another one in the fire that you're not facing this alone That the song we're going to sing he says I find joy in the battle because you're standing next to me. Paul found that in the, Philippian, in the Roman jail when he wrote Philippians. There's joy in the battle because you're standing next to me. Well, pastor, I, I don't even know if I, if I know the Lord. Well, if you, you came to the right time, you tuned in on the right day. Maybe you've never really opened your life to Jesus. Maybe you've never really opened your life to Christ, and you can do that right now. Now, when I was a kid, we always walked the aisles, and I walked the aisle every Sunday because you always got to be sure. And if you want to walk the aisle, we'll sure pray for you, but, but we're going to gather for prayer in the back. But even where you sit, you can open your life to Jesus, and he can begin his wonderful work of transformation. Or if you're online, you can just type in the chat, I'm opening my life to Christ today. And there'll be people that'll pray with you. And this could be a whole new day for you. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for these dear people. Lord, I thank you for your word that helps us, corrects us, leads us where we need to be, that we can understand the truth that you have for us, and we would believe that. I pray that in Jesus' strong name, amen.